welcome to track number two of the reward for hard work is more work. Wow. We're excited to be here. Amen. Let us pray. Father, thank you for today and for the blessing that we have to be in your presence. We pray that you guide us, lead us into all of your perfect will. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Please remove this uh, thing from here. Hello, this one, this one to the back. It can be behind. These guys cannot see. And here too. Take it back. All right. Now, it can be up on the stage. Put it on the stage. You can put it here. But it's blocking the view. Can you see me better now? All right. You want to change my mic? Hello? 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 Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we bring you greetings from Milan. We're just, we're just coming from a, a camp meeting in Italy. Yeah, just for the Italian church. And um, they are doing very well. They, are, they, they promise that they are going to have over 1,000 people next year. Just our members in Italy. Yes, so that's a blessing. The other uh, countries were, are not allowed to come, only Italians. Wow. That is amazing. And the theme for our camp is the reward for hard work is more work. <laughs> All right. And the theme for the camp for in Italy was make yourself a savior of men. Yeah. So we had a powerful time and I believe that we are blessed here in, um, in uh, America. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And I know that God is going to bless us and use us even more. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We must work whilst we have the chance. Yes. Whilst we have the time. And we, we have to do what God wants us to do. Because his will is the most important thing that needs to be done. You know, and um, as we've been working for the Lord over the years, you know, I, I am more sure and more radical in my belief that working for Jesus is the most important thing. Yeah, everything else is not, not important because that's what God is doing. You know, 
When you are with an important person in the room or in life, it's what the important person is doing is what is important. All right? So, like, even in this room here, what I'm saying is what's important here. So, anything else you are doing is not important. When we are in, a, in church, the pastor is preaching. What the pastor is doing, that's what's important. And the whole place has to uh, conform to that reality that the pastor is speaking. And it's a church. And that's what's important at the time. So, I believe that God wants us to know that like in the universe... It is what he is doing that is important. What we are doing is not important. It's what he is doing that is what's important. And so we need to get ourselves in line with what he is doing, whatever it is. And the more we get ourselves in line with what he's doing, the more our lives will be better. And the more peaceful we will be with the confusion that is in this world. Alright? So, I want us to have that mind. And um, we've been preaching basically this same idea of working for God, loving God. I don't know what is higher than that. If I knew something higher, I would, I would also come and teach that one. You know? There are so many topics people are preaching these days. But I can't find anything more important than working for the Lord. People used to laugh at me for that. But I wonder why they would be laughing at what is the main thing. Is that not so? All right. Now, let's go into the deep end. First Timothy chapter 5. Point number one, hard work and good work have their reward. Always have a reward. All forms of work have a reward. All right? Now, in 1 Timothy 5 and verse 17, the Bible says, Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor. Especially they who labor in the word and in doctrine. Right? Now it says, verse 18, for the scripture saith, all right, thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn. The laborer is worthy of his reward. So, when you work, you are worthy of a reward of some sort. Okay? Is that, a, is that easy to understand? Yes. Most people who have gone up to class 3 can understand that. That a laborer is worthy of his reward and is going to have some kind of reward. 
right? So when you work, even when you work for God, you are worthy of a reward. Now the theme for our camp is that the reward for hard work is more work. Okay? So I just want you to remember that. More work. (laughs) Now, number two, point number two in the camp. Hard work is rewarded by lots of rest. All right? And there are many scriptures that tell us that when you work hard, what is followed by hard work is rest. Amen? Amen. Revelations chapter 14 and verse 12. It says, Here is the patience of the saints, and here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. So here this scripture says that when people die in the Lord, the next thing is rest from their labors. So one of the rewards you can expect for laboring is rest. So I'm going through the traditionally accepted rewards of hard work. Are you with me? Yes. These are the well-known rewards of hard work, rest, yes, so that they may rest from their labors. You rest after the labor. And that's one of the rewards that God gives to people who work hard for him and in his name. And any, even in life, anywhere you work, if you work here, after work, The next reward is what? Rest. Beautiful. Number three. Point number three in the camp. Hard work is rewarded by crowns, riches, and even pleasures. All right? Hard work is rewarded by Riches, crowns, pleasures. All right? And in verse 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 7. What does it say? Say again. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. Uh-huh. Verse 8. Henceforth, 
There is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Wow. So Paul said in verse 7, I've run the race. I have finished my course, isn't it? In it. And what is now laid up for me after running and struggling and suffering? Do you see? A crown. A crown of righteousness. So, yet another traditionally well known reward for hard work and good work is crowns and you know these other kind of wonderful pleasures treasures if you look at revelation chapter 5 and um, verse 9 speaking about jesus after he had won the great victory he says they sang a new song saying thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. Hmm? You see, you've, 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 you are worthy because you've redeemed us. Do you see? You've, you've worked so hard. Verse 10. And has made us to God kings and priests, and we shall reign on earth. In verse 11, and I beheld a vo- the voice of many angels, and about the throne, and, and beasts, and elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. That's a lot of angels and elders, isn't it? The elders, the leaders, okay, and the angels, right? The main people in the church, okay? What did the main people say? The main people said, verse 12, they said, Worthy is the Lamb to receive power and riches and wisdom, all right, and strength and honor and glory. These are all rewards for working and for doing good things for God. Isn't it? Power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, blessings. You get it? That the lamb is worthy now, just as a side comment, you know, there are some people who don't want the leader to be honored. You get it? Yes. They, don't, they, don't, they are not happy that our leader is honored or he is given riches or glory or beauty 
honor. They don't like it. But that is a very important sign always to notice in people. People who are not happy that we honor our pastor, our leader, or whoever it is that God places over us. All right. But notice here in verse 11, who are those who wanted Jesus to receive honor and glory? You see, elders. Yes. Elders. And the beasts around the... These are not orangus. <laughs> these are not orangus. These are good beasts. Divine beasts. They wanted Jesus to receive power and glory and riches. And so you go to many churches where people are there and they feel, who is this guy? Why should we honor him? Why should we do this? He's also a human being. If anything, we should give glory to God. Do you see? Yes. If anything, we should give glory to God. You get it? But here... The main people in heaven, you get it? They felt that Jesus should be given riches, riches, power, strength, honor. He should be honored, all right? And he should receive glory and blessings. You get it? And I believe that that must be the right attitude if you ever want to be near the throne. Remember when Jesus Christ was going to um, die on the cross and then a woman came there with a very expensive bottle of perfume. She bent down, she sat down by him, poured it on his feet, something she had bought personally, poured it on his feet, used her hair, not her wig, her hair. Not her wig, her hair. Yes. And then she wiped her, his feet. There were no wigs in those days. They wiped her feet with the hair, with her hair, and loved Jesus. Now, no other than, no other character than Judas was the only person to make a comment about that thing. Yes. Judas said that it, what are we wasting money? He, he, he called it a waste of money. You see? So what I'm saying is that with time, when you stay in the church, for some time, you, you come to see the people who are some way by many signs that they show about themselves. Yes, it's true. You know, some years ago, I, I didn't understand uh, why sometimes I would, I would read in the news and they say that, oh, the uh, manager of Barclays Bank um, the bonus for this year was 65 million pounds or something. And then I also know people who work there. 
and their salary is maybe a thousand pounds. You get it. So when they work for the whole year, they'll get maybe twelve thousand. You get it. But the but the managing the manager is bonus is sixty-five million pounds for that year. You get it. Now that is the story for all the big institutions like the banks and so on. And recently when the banks collapsed, I think one of the banks, I think it was Barclays, I'm not sure, but they, they, they were trying to say that he should not take the bonus. And he said, no, I deserve it. I deserve it. Yes. I deserve it. Huh? Yes. It's mine. And even if he's not to get it, he, he deserves it, he should get it. He will decide whether he will give it back or not. Now, the reason why they do, working in a bank is different from the bank, you know, aggressive organizations which are making money. They work differently from government work, and where they just sort of go like a boat without an engine on the sea. You know, just floating along with whatever comes. <laughs> These aggressive workers with targets, with a lot of diseases from pressure, pressurized work. You get it? So they have a certain mind about what they deserve and what they should be paid and the compensation sometimes for having shorter lives. <laughs> you get it? Yes. So, what I'm trying to say is that in the secular world even, they know the value of the leader compared to the rest of the people and have developed over years a system which values the leader as far above everybody else. And, and they know that if they tamper with it, they will not get such people who make all the difference to work for them. And that is why when Lee Kuan Yew, the president of Singapore for many years, came into power, he said that he wants such people to work for the government. And unless they pay them in a certain way, such people who can do certain things will never work for the government they only work for themselves. Yes. They will never work for no government. They only work for themselves because there is a certain type of person who can do things and make things go in a certain way. You see, and that they in the world must honor such people with whatever they do. So, Jesus Christ, you know, is the reason for us having anything even to be normal mentally you see I don't know whether you are not seeing the frustration in the world the confusion in the world and the aimlessness and uselessness of all the things we are doing that are not heading anywhere if Jesus were not in our lives I don't know. It's true. It's because we have another world in view. Yes. That 
there is even some sanity and some hope. Yes. Otherwise, all the things, if you, unless, you've not, unless you are new, but if you've been around for some time, you see that the vanity of everything, vanity of being in America, vanity of the so-called American dream, vanity of marriage, the vanity of money, the vanity of the cars, the mortgages, the loans, the everything. It's not what you think it is. Yes. Try to get your, rid of your feedback from this thing, right? Lower, lower the things over here. All right? Now, so Jesus has done so much for us. And he is worthy, more than worthy, to receive honor and glory and power and riches and honor and blessing and glory is more than worthy hallelujah so don't make any mistakes and i don't want you to be one of those judases who doesn't understand things yes it's true you know and you'll find that you know People who go sometimes organize strikes against the management, against the leadership. We don't want this. We don't want that. We don't need all this. They, they, yes, they cannot lead. When you put them in charge, they cannot do it. They can only react to things. They are reactionary. And oppose things they don't understand how it works you get what i'm saying yes so it's a big thing it's a big thing so i just don't want judas's in the church try not this as for judas there will be but try not to be the judas yes, there will be judas but you must not be that judas yes try not to be Fulfilling prophecies. And God forbid. Say God forbid. When you hear something bad, you have to shout God forbid. Yes. God forbid that you ever be a Judas in the church. In Jesus' name. So the reward for many things includes power, riches, honor, glory, strength, a lot of wonderful rewards. Hallelujah. And thank God for all these rewards. Okay? Now, the next one. Number four. Hard work is also rewarded by eating and drinking. Eating and drinking. Now, Ecclesiastes 5, verse 18. Now, behold that which I have seen. It is good and comely for one to eat and to drink and to enjoy the good of his labor that he taketh under the sun. 
all the days of his life which God giveth him for it is his portion. Wow. So one of the rewards that you can have in life is to eat and to drink. Amen. Amen. All right? Now, people who understand this, right, learn how to enjoy eating. Yes. Yes. So, you may not know, but eating and drinking is one of the rewards for your labor under the sun. And that is why in certain places where they are well developed and the culture is well developed and so on, they have a lot of restaurants and places where eating and drinking are a pleasurable experience. Do you see? And they are always eating out. Always. And they're eating out. It's the same potato and the same cow that has been killed. Do you see? It's the same cow and the same potato. But it's done in a way to make the whole experience a pleasurable experience. Is it not true? Yes. And it's like you sort of spend some time eating and just uh, being happy as you eat. All right? And so that is why it's important to learn how also to cook. Yes. So that. So that. The house, where, wherever food is, and if you can't afford to go and eat out. Singapore, for instance, um, was it not Malaysia, rather? You know, when I went there, they said, you know, they don't, they don't cook at home. They just, they just get food all the time, yes. Families, they don't, they don't even know how, know how to cook. You get it? So, I mean, you could move to Malaysia if you want to. <laughs> Just buy food all the time. I, I think it's actually cheaper to buy food than to cook. Yeah. No, I'm not saying it's cheaper. I said there is cheaper. I think it's cheaper. So that's why I said you should move there. Yeah. So eating and drinking also is a reward that you can also try to understand that having times of nice times of eating, you know, is a good thing. And um, it's not only the sensation of being full that 
is important. But the experience, whilst you are eating, the process is also important. But sometimes, based on your background of feeling hungry, the main thing is to feel full. Whatever it is that went, it should just fill up. I want a filling station. Yes. So allow eating and drinking to be a pleasurable experience in your life. And learn it. Learn it. As some of you who don't go to restaurants, you never go out to eat. Every day calculating, calculating things. Too many things. I don't know what you are living for. And when you are going to enjoy something small. How many points do you have? Four. Remember that the theme for our camp is that the reward for hard work is more work. Yes. But I'm just giving you a background, a small introduction, and then we'll continue tomorrow morning. Amen. The next reward is a good marriage. Yeah. A good marriage. These are all points of the reward, the reward systems you find. Uh, and before we even go to the good marriage, I'm just using marriage, but I'll, I'll explain it a little. Uh, on the food part, you know. Now, now listen. The food part. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 7. It says, Go thy way and eat thy bread with joy. You get it? So there should be no argument about food in the house. A lot of couples quarrel about food. Yes, especially initially. Yes. And because, you know, it's something you can't say in public. You know. Even if you are starving. You sort of can't really talk about it. You get what I'm saying? You know, one brother, (laughs) he told me, he said, look, I am a scavenger in my house. Yes. I just scrounge around to find whatever I can find. 
I remember another brother. I used to wonder why he likes eating bananas. <laughs> but after some time, I realized that he was hungry. So he was filling up. Instead of filling up for the sufferings of Christ, he was filling up what was missing. Yeah, he could eat bananas like you think he's a monkey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so go and eat your bread with joy. It's one of the it's one of the rewards. Yes. So and it's it's a joy to have somebody who can cook nicely serve the food with joy you know and be have something that is, is eatable and not have arguments and quarrels about food because one comment that will be made about the food there will be a retort you know table tennis like a backhand like that you get a kind of backhand slash yes you play then this slap back to you across the table. Yes. Yeah. There are many houses where you find out that somebody is very quiet in the house. Doesn't want to talk about anything anymore. Yeah. Anyway. Verse 7. Go thy way, eat thy bread with joy, and drink thy wine with a merry heart. Yes. A merry heart. Happy. Happily. Yes. So if you don't want to cook that thing which he, he likes eating, don't worry him by marrying him. Yes. Don't worry the person by marrying the person. And deceive the person that you, you will cook. But when you marry, you say, no, I don't know how to, I don't see why. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and I know why I'm saying what I'm saying. I know why I'm saying what I'm saying. Drink thy wine with a merry heart. Okay. Let's go on, verse 8. Let thy garments be white, and then beautiful, verse 9. Live joyfully. So we have come to the next one. Marriage, the reward of marriage. Marriage is one of the rewards for your small work on earth. Amazing. And the reward... Excuse me, ladies. You are somebody's reward. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> you are somebody's reward. Yes. But I didn't write the Bible. You know, if you want to be angry with somebody, leave me out. Leave me out of the quarrel. Look at what he said. Live joyfully with the wife whom thou lovest, not whom thou hatest, or whom thou art quarreling with. Live joyfully with the wife, the wife of whom thou lovest, 
all the days of the life of thy vanity, all, all the days of your useless life. That's, that's what he's saying. Your useless existence on this earth. Yeah. Live happily with her, which he has given thee under the sun, all the days of thy uselessness. For that is thy portion. You see, it's the portion which God is giving you. And in thy labor, your hard work, which thou takest under the sun, is the portion that God gives you for your labor. Yes. So one of the things that God gives you to make you happy is a wife whom thou lovest. Yes. Yes. So when you don't have that, you are like a cursed ground. <laughs> Somebody who works without pay. Yes. Because the pay has turned into a torment. So it's almost like at the end of the month, when you are supposed to receive your salary, you get lashes for working. You get a tiger attacking you for your hard work. Yes. So it's, you're supposed to be happy in the house. You're supposed to be laughing. Yes. Like when you marry, you're supposed to be laughing. Uh, no, you understand the word joyfully, joyfully, <laughs> joyfully. A lot of people are not joyful. There's no joy in their houses. It's torment and oppression. Disagreement about everything. Everything is an argument. And you are not close anymore. You don't talk anymore. There's no flow. There's no kissing. Look, you ask them, ask them, no, they don't kiss. You can let them see long time ago that they kissed. Kissing is, I mean, it's like something for small boys and children. <laughs> You know, one of the one I, I was surprised one day. I went somewhere and I saw somebody getting more kisses than I've ever seen in my life. Yes, more kisses. I said, "Hey, this girl is wild, pa." Because I wasn't expecting her to have as many kisses as that. Yes, because you know she was dead. Yes, she was dead. She was dead. She had more kisses than anybody in the, in the church. Yes. Yeah, dead body. On her, on her lips. She was, kissed on, she was kissed on her lips. Yes. More kisses than anybody in the church. 
every they came, they kissed her. Everybody kissed her on her lips. Yes. She had more than all the living. <laughs> and even, I don't know whether when she was alive, she had as many kisses. In her lifetime. <laughs> she got a blessing when she was dead. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So live joyfully with the wife whom thou lovest. All the days of the life of thy vanity, thy useless. You can check the word vanity, useless life. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. When the Bible says beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord shall be praised. Beauty is vain. It means it's useless. Beauty is useless. So when he says, um, of live joyfully with the wife whom thou lovest all the days of thy vanity. All right? Which he has given thee under the sun. Under the sun means having to do in this life under the sun. The sun is sort of like we are under the sun in a way. Because it's the nearest star and it's controlling life here on this earth. The sun is controlling the life on the earth by the warmth it gives us. Yeah. Alright? So without, if it was to change its position, if the distance from here to the sun is a hundred miles, if we were to shift nearer the sun by one quarter of an inch, everybody here would burn. That's if the distance is hundred miles. If we were to shift by not a mile, not half a mile, not a yard, not an inch, like a quarter of an inch, just a little. Everybody will, if it goes nearer, everybody will burn. If it goes away, everybody will freeze. It's so exact. The position is exact. Yeah. So, under the sun, like we are really under the sun. Now, we should live happily with a woman whom thou lovest. Now, unfortunately, it's often not the case. You get it? It's not the case often. Uh-huh. And the reason why is that, I don't know if you've ever watched a wildlife, if you look at buffaloes and you see the lions sleeping together on the plains and looking at the buffalo. Now, the buffaloes are their delight. They, this is their meat. It's their dinner. You get it? It's their lunch. They look long and they lick their lips. But the buffalo don't see themselves as lunch of somebody's lunch. You get what I'm saying? They don't see themselves as somebody's lunch. And they don't like being enjoyed. They don't like being enjoyed for somebody's lunch. You get it? So, the wives 
Many times they are like the buffaloes. And they don't see themselves as being enjoyed. They, see, they, they don't see themselves as just an object of enjoyment. Yes. It's like we are all living in the world. And we are all tired. And we all went out. And we, are all, we all went to work. I don't see myself as a buffalo who, who has to be eating. I don't see myself as a buffalo who has to be eating this evening. True or not true? Do you see yourself as buffaloes who have to be eating? That's why some Christians advocate for polygamy. Yes. So that when one buffalo is tired of being eaten. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a team of buffaloes can, can apply for the job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so some people have been advocating. Recently, somebody sent me a book, and the book was entitled, When Did Polygamy Become a Sin? Yeah. So how did it become? When did it become? Who made it a sin? Because Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, Solomon, everybody we are following was doing that. Are you still around? Yeah. So anyway, so these are some of the rewards that exist for us working and suffering here on earth. All right. But remember that the theme is that the reward for hard work is what? More work. Yes, more work. Amen. Amen. And I believe we will understand it better by and by. How the reward for hard work is more work. Now, so when you go home, those of you who are married, you just turn to your wife and say, You are my reward. You are my reward in this life. All my hard work, the uselessness of this life, you are my reward. Yes. You are my buffalo. And next time you see your food, look at it and say, hey, this is my reward. And I believe God will teach us more things. Amen. Amen. Now, hard work, point number six. Hard work 
is often rewarded with negative things like envy and jealousy. Envy and jealousy are often the rewards for hard work. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. And uh, we read verse 1. So I returned and I saw, all right, all the oppressions that are done under the sun, and behold, the tears of such as were oppressed, and they had no comforter. And on the side of their oppressors, there was power, but they had no comforter. Wherefore, I praised the dead, which are already dead, more than the living which are yet alive. Amen. Yea, better is he than both they which have not yet been, right? Who have not seen the evil work that is done under the sun. Now, verse 4 is the verse we are looking for. Again, I considered all travail and every right work that people do, and that for this, you get it? A man is envied of his neighbor. This is also vanity and vexation of spirit. So many times, the, what is received for hard work and doing the right thing, every right work and all travail is envy. You just have envy, envy, envy. People are jealous. And, and you can see from their sharp comments. I'm sure he's doing drugs. I'm sure this and that. I'm sure that and that. And funny things are said. And you can see that it's the spirit of jealousy that is so real on the people who are doing well and succeeding. Once you are successful, that is it. Whether secular, work, politics, church, anything is a reward, you know, of people um, having a certain mind about you. Is it not amazing? Now, Genesis 26 Verse 12. Then Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. Did he sow or not? Did he work or not? And verse 13. And the man waxed great and went forward and grew until he became very great 
Now, what are the people going to respond to Isaac's increase, waxing great, going forward, doing the right thing? He obeyed God because in chapter, verse 1, Genesis 26, verse 1, verse 1, put verse 1 there. God told him, don't go into the land of the, what? Egypt, isn't it? Don't go to Egypt. Stay, do what I say. Now, for obeying God, okay, he obeyed God and stayed. So God blessed him. All right? And that was um, verse, um, verse 12. Verse 12. So he stayed in the land where God told him to. All right? And worked where God told him to. So what's the reward for working for God? And for obeying God, what did he get out of it? What was the response? Verse 13, this is God blessing. The man waxed great, went forward, grew until he became very great. And verse 14, verse 14, he had possessions of flocks, possessions of herds, great stock. You prosper as you obey God. Yes, you prosper as you obey God. And what is the final result? And the Philistines envied him. Yeah. So what did he get out of serving the Lord? Envy from human beings. All right? Now, yesterday night, I finished my meeting after midnight of our time in Italy. All right? And after that, I had another meeting that was almost till about 2 to 3 a.m. And then I left the hotel we were staying at 4. So there's no sleep at all. And I got on a plane. I waited in six, six hours in Amsterdam for the flight, and I flew. I'm from the airport to here, so I'm from that, that pulpit to this pulpit, and I'm here. And when I leave here, I'm going to another. No, no, no. I'm not trying to let you clap for me or anything. I'm, I'm explaining something. Now, if I move forward and I am talking to, I am not here for a convention to get money, for money, for anything. There are ways to preach about all those things. You know it. You are, not a, you are not new. You get what I'm saying? I'm here about working for God. And, and, and I'm saying the reward is not money. The reward is more work. Yes. I've told you before I started preaching that this is the thing. The reward for hard work is more work. Now, if God blesses and I wax great and go forward... And become very great. People only envy, but they will not come to see what is the person doing. Yes. That's the response of people to hard work. It's just envy. Envy. If people, if there are, there are people even are envious of people loving you or liking you. Yes. 
they even they even hate the fact that you like your pastor or you love your leader they they, they, they hate it there's something almost like something irritating them it's amazing but you see that is the sad thing where you have uh for all the right work that is done under the sun you have people envying you for your your work but that is it so now may you rather be envied than you envying somebody yes 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 this meeting will mark the turning point in your life where instead of you talking about people people will be talking about you amen instead of talking about people people will be talking about you hallelujah amen Genesis chapter 4. Gen- and in the process of time, Cain brought fruit of the ground as an offering to the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering but to Cain and to his offering he had not respect and Cain was very wroth and his countenance fell and the Lord said to Cain why are thou wroth and why is thy countenance fallen if thou doest well, shall thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother. And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against his brother and slew him. And the Lord said to Cain, where is thy brother Abel? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, what hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. Now thou art cursed from the ground, from the earth, which has opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thine hand. Now, you see, you, your brother is doing well. And this is the earth. The time when there were only two brothers, they were quarreling. How much more that we are now serving billion brothers on earth. Huh? Only two brothers on earth, two human beings. The whole world is empty. There was nobody in Africa, nobody in America, nobody. They were just in the small place there. And they started fighting. And what were they fighting about? Fighting about one person who is doing well. You are going to do well in Jesus' name. 
Amen. So, very, very important for you to know that there are many kinds of responses, rewards, and feedbacks from the different works that we do for the Lord, all right, or work that we do on this earth. And finally, turn with me to 1 Corinthians 15, 58, 1 Corinthians 15, 58, and you see a, a little statement there. It says, therefore, my beloved brethren, okay, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Now, what he's trying to say, um, the, the, the little point that I want to make here with this verse is that, all these different jobs we've been talking about with all the different rewards, there is a particular work which has a great reward in the sense that it's not in vain. And many other jobs are in vain. They are in vain. They are useless. You may not want to accept that the work you do is useless, but the Bible is telling us something you got to take note that you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So working in the Lord in America is not in vain. That's a good thing. That the labor is not in vain in the Lord. Amen. So in the Lord, you are going to have, you are going to find work. And everybody must find himself employed in this great work that God gives to us. That's the work you must give yourself to. No matter the course you are doing in school, no matter the job you have, no matter your position, in, no matter the job, no matter your status, no matter whether you have a green card, yellow card, blue card, white card, I don't care what cards you have, I'm saying a red card. <laughs> You must work for the Lord. Amen. You must work for the Lord. That is the work that is not in vain. That is the work that is not in vain. And there are different, different, different kinds of work, but you must find yourself getting into the work of the Lord. Don't give yourself to other things with strength. You are going to find that it's vain. You're going to find that it's nothing. It's not what you thought it was. It's not becoming as nice as you thought it would be. It's not as great as you thought it would be. It, it is not. It is not. But to give yourself to the work of the Lord. And as you give yourself to the work of the Lord, you find great and greater and greater joy and rewards. Hallelujah. For the rest of your life. I am now in my 50s. I started when I was... A teenager all right i was a pastor when i was 25 years old and i've been doing this for some time there are some people who know me from as far back as that and i'm telling you that this i i as i get older you get it i am happy that i chose to do that from the time that i was young but i'm, I'm glad if i had to live my life all over i would do it again I would serve him, if possible, earlier than when I started. 
You get it. And I'm glad that I can serve the Lord. And I'm glad that I can encourage you to serve the Lord. And make something out of your life. Yes. You know, many people have told me the only meaningful part of my life is the church part and the God part. You get it? Yes. You have to believe these things. And the difference between my experience and some other people's experience is not that they don't have the Bible or not that they didn't read the Bible, but the difference is that the difference is in the time when you believe it. It's true. It's, it's the difference is in the time when you believe that it is true. Because I believed it was, I believed things when I was young, younger. I'm still young, but I believed a lot of things when I was younger and believed them more now. But you see, a lot of people join me in the belief at various things. They believe it later, 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 later. But you see, that there's a difference. A difference comes from the time when you believe things. Because you don't have forever. Uh-huh. This, this life here is just like a limited thing. And you just can't believe how short it is. Yeah, you can't believe how short it is, how quickly time goes by. All right? And I believe that as you do the work of the Lord, you find that God gives you an opportunity to do even more and to serve Him better and better. Amen. All right? And you find out that the work of the Lord is beautiful and made more and more available to us. I just want to show you one thing um, about working for the Lord. Hallelujah. And um, I believe that we'll be getting ready to go to bed tonight. We are going early today, so we come early in the morning. Amen. What do you think? Huh? <laughs> you people have been listening to the podcast. God is blessing us every day. Amen. How many of you were part of a Good Friday service? Wow. Live. You were watching live. That's beautiful. You know, there are people that laugh at us when we are preaching about the work of God. Yeah. People that laugh, laugh at us when we are preaching about the work of God. But they, they can't laugh so much now. It's true. Yes. You may laugh at it, but you see that. And now it's the, I'll tell you, no matter the work you do, 
no matter the marriage you have. If, you see, there are two types of marriages. Good marriages with good experiences. And then not so happy marriages with bad experiences. And if you have the bad experience one, the great problem with it is that it saps your happiness gradually. You get it. Then if you have a good one, the danger is the person can die suddenly. It's also a danger. Eh? The bad one will not easily die. The bad ones will not easily die. They are there for a purpose. You get it? So both of them can give a lot of sorrow. And the same thing with work. You may work in America. You may work in Ghana. You may work in Nigeria. Wherever. It is not really the place. Because even a home is an, a home is not a building. A home is, is an atmosphere. Yes. A home is an atmosphere. So you may be somewhere in the kind of atmosphere that is there. It's so peaceful, so joyful. So coming home becomes like a reward. You always want to come back home to an atmosphere. Yes. You get it. It's true. So whatever work you do, whatever school, school work, God is always the reason for peace and a meaning to what is happening. Yes. It's not only at the graveside where God makes the belief in God makes sense. In life, when nobody is dead, it's the belief in God makes a lot of meaning and sense to this life. Yes. You are teaching. I hope you understand what I'm saying. It's not, it's not, it's not, you don't only need the priest when somebody is dead. You know, in England, whenever somebody dies, no, they don't believe in God. Most of them don't believe in God at all. But when you die, they call a priest. <laughs> so, the way I found out was that once I had to speak at a, at a funeral of someone who didn't believe in God. You see? So, and I, I, was, I didn't know what to say because all the things I know are based on God. So I, I went to check on the internet how to preach to people who don't believe in God. No, how, no, how to, what do you say to them? Because if I have people who believe in God, I'll, I'll be telling them God, this, Jesus, you know, to live is Christ, to die is gain. I have many verses. But these people don't believe at all. So what do you see? That's where I found is the commonest thing for a, a pastor or a priest in England. They are always called upon in death to come and speak. But I want to tell you here and today that it is not only when there is death 
that the word of God is relevant and useful. But right now, as you are here in America, as you are here in America, I take it from me, I'm telling you, without God, the God element, eh, you, if you don't take care, you go mad here. Yes. Because nothing will make even sense. Yes. Sanity, stability, peace, joy. Even if you like an outlet. Yes. A way. A way out of the failures of your decisions of life and the mistakes you want to undo this, do this, redo, do, do, redo. Hey. How many have made mistakes you wanted to sort of change it a bit? Raise your hand if you wanted to change some things. So the work of God, very, very important. And the work of God really starts when you start believing more in the work of God. So John 6, 29, John 6, 29, look at it, beautiful, John 6, 29. Aha, Jesus said, this is the work of God that you believe. You start entering the work just by believing. So you need to believe more. And in this camp meeting, you are going to believe more things about God. More things. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet, everybody. Stand up. All right. Lift your hands. Tell God, Lord, I want you to help me to believe in this camp meeting. Help me to believe, to believe, to believe, to believe, to believe. Father, we give you praise. We give you thanks. We give you glory. We honor you. We praise you. Help us to believe in you beautifully. Thank you, Jesus, for your gift, your grace, your power that is released to us. Release a spirit of faith. Receive a spirit of faith to be able to do the works of God. Father, we thank you for hearing our prayer. We give you praise in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Now, take out an offering. Take out an offering. At least we've had an opening session. Amen. Remember that our theme is the reward for hard work is more work. I've given you so many other rewards. But this particular reward, we're getting into it tomorrow at dawn when we come here, early in the morning. 
So if you are not here early in the morning, you will not hear it. So rise up early and be here. That's why we are closing now. So that you'll be awake and here. 6 a.m. sharp, we start. All right? Is it powerful? Is it enough time to sleep? So by 5.30, the place will be open. Music will be starting. Then 6 o'clock, we start. All right? Is it a good idea? Fantastic. And I hope you will not be upset with the preaching of the word of God. You know? I want you to look. I want you to like the word of God. You know, I'll tell you, you I shall sit down, I'm talking to the people, please. You know, one day I was talking to a brother and I told him, I said, listen, what you are doing is wrong. What you are doing is wrong. You know it's wrong. You see, then I told him that, look, I'm going to give you two prayer topics. Pray that. Pray to God and tell him that what you are doing is wrong. <laughs> and that you beg him to help you. You get it. But don't, don't say that it's right. Don't say that the wrong thing is right. Tell God, Lord, what I'm doing, I know that it's wrong. But I'm doing it. So help me. Yeah, I gave him two topics. That was one of them. I can't remember the second one. But God had, God had his prayer. God, but before that, he wasn't accepting that it's wrong. I said, please. I beg you, you know it is wrong. You get what I'm saying? But I can understand why you want to do it. What you are doing. But don't argue with the word of God. So when you hear something, you know that it's hard, it's strong, and it's against your, your, the fibers of your very life. Don't argue with it. Just say, Lord, I've heard you. I don't like what I'm hearing at all. I beg you to help me, but I'm telling you that. And even if you are disobeying, that's a Lord, I'm just informing you that I'm disobeying you fully. But I beg you to help me. You'll see that God will help you. And, and he, I tell you, he will help you. Because the Bible says that God is at work in us to do and to will. He, he actually works in us and helps us to even desire his will. Yeah. That's why you see people obeying God easily. It's not that they are supermen, they don't have feelings. But God has put it in them to like his will and somehow be able to, to like what he's saying. That's, that's how it's possible to do certain things. But it's not that people are different. No, people are this. People are people. are People People are people. We all like the same thing. That's why when I say reward is a nice wife, everybody is happy. Say, oh, yeah, it's true. But when I say, but it's not like that for me. Everybody says, yeah, it's true. It's also not like that. Everybody is the same. We're all having similar experiences. All the ladies don't expect to be buffaloes. And they, they don't, they don't. I don't see how can I be a buffalo in this life. 
Yeah. So just don't, dis- don't fight it. Just say to the Lord, this thing, I tell you, it is true. And I don't like it. And in fact, I'm not going to do it. But help me as I am not doing it. Give me grace. Give me strength. And I don't know, I'm, I'm dashing myself to you. But help me, Lord. And you'll be shocked. You turn around one day and say, you know something, this is the right thing. And that's what I'm doing in the name of Jesus. Yeah. People have been blocking the message. Don't be a blocker. Rather be open and say, Lord, help me. And you are going to do great things for Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Okay, ashes, offering. Right. Are you, are you going to give a good offering? Yes. I want us to believe God. This is 100 million souls. Yes. I want us to have an offering of over $1 million in this short camp meeting. Amen. Do you believe it is possible? Yes. It's possible to win 100 million souls for Jesus. Well, don't argue with it again. Don't argue. I sense some people arguing with things. Don't, I don't know. Check your neighbor whether he was the one who was arguing with the, with the vision. Our church must be able to gather a million dollars should not be much. You see, one day I heard somebody say, if a million dollars is a lot to you, then you are poor. Yes. You are not, you are not, you are not prosperous. If a million dollars is small. I, a pastor was preaching and he was explaining. And I, I mean, why argue? Just receive it. Say, Father, I thank you for Lord. I find it difficult, but Lord, please. Help me in Jesus' name. <laughs> so I'm believing God that million dollars will not be too much for us. Yes. It's a change. I, I heard somebody saying, and I said, wow. I said, yeah, if a million dollars is a lot, sounds a lot to them. You are not yet rich. I said, wow. Have you got a good offering? Is that, are there coins in your offering? Are you giving coins this evening? Coins are boosters. Lift it up. Father, thank you for the blessing as we give in Jesus' name. Amen. Put it down. I need boosters as well. You've reminded me. Somebody reminded me. Boosters are coins. Find some boosters and add to your offering. Do you give by phone as well? Yes. Give your phone. Text it. You text it. Healing Jesus. Anything here is healing Jesus. Hey, this one is, I've told you, is healing Jesus already. What are you looking for? Yeah, 100 million souls. I've made it clear. Ben MP and healing Jesus. Any of them. Any of them. Ben MP and healing Jesus. Crusade. Anyone. This one, this meeting is healing Jesus. Crusade. Yes. Father, lift it up. We thank you as we give our offerings, our boosters, in Jesus' name. Amen.
Ashes, receive the offering. Now, crusades, you know, one of the things that I want us to do is to have an aim, 100 million souls, both in America and out of America. Yes. Now, when I was in Italy, I was sharing with them, because the church is really growing in Italy, and, you know, in Europe, churches are very small. But the church is growing to the point that they are, they, they are, they are almost a thousand. I'm sure, I don't know if they are over a thousand, but to have 1,000 people to come for a camp on Monday morning, yeah, it's a miracle. So they are believing God that they are going to win more souls. Yes. And souls are winnable if we are prepared to win them to Jesus. Hallelujah. And I believe God is going to bless us to win more souls for the Lord Jesus. Now there are souls everywhere. And God wants us to win souls all across the world. And he's going to be very happy as we win the souls to him. He's going to be, he's go, his mood is going to change. You know, at the first love church in Accra, we have a small place where we make kebab and uh, it's called the mood changing plaza. So now when we are going there, we say, I'm going to mood changing. Yes, mood changing. Because you change God's mood when you win souls. When you bring the lost. When the prodigal son was coming home, a very depressed and melancholic father who has never given up hope and was always standing on his veranda and looking to see if he would see this boy suddenly saw him coming and he said wow party time so when the boy came and the boy was even trying to give an explanation that he was doing agriculture he was doing you know farming piggery farms and all kinds of things he didn't even let him finish the explanation he started his party God's very mood was changed. Are you listening? The father's mood, mood, attitude, flow was changed. And when somebody is in a good mood, oh, both boys and girls, it's so nice. And you see, when people grow, their mood grows and it changes. So the mood is not as cheerful. Uh-huh. The mood becomes a little stiffer. It's inelastic. It doesn't easily, the smile is it's like, it takes, before the smile will come, a lot of 
That's why you see young children, young people, they're smiling naturally. But it's as if some elasticity is gone out of the smile as, as you grow older. It's more difficult to be happy. So I believe that we are changing God's very attitude towards us in this mood-changing camp meeting. Hallelujah. Let us stand to our feet. Father, we thank you as we close this service tonight. Bless us and strengthen us for the days ahead for your glory. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's share the grace. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the communion, fellowship, contribution, participation. Be with us now and forevermore. Amen.